0: Welcome to Music.com podcast, featuring some of the most heartwarming stories from musicians all around the world on FacingMellsMusic.com.
1: So a very warm welcome to Facing Mells Music. This is Mel Golding, and I have a wonderful guest. Welcome, Hoss. First of all, you go into Hoss. Hey, this you is know. a great and multiply talented over 20 years experience, I believe. So you are wearing several hats here. The founder of Funk to See It's a label. And you also right. have an online magazine as well, which is really interesting. I'd love to talk right. about that. So
0: right. thank yeah. you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you mm. so much. And a great show, by the way, you mm-hmm. know, and a great personality. So it all goes together and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, well, I've got questions and stuff that we can talk about, but I want you to feel free just to throw in there things sure. and uh you know sure. that you want to say i mean we were just having a nice secret little chat before we started <laughs> recording about uh george michael and michael jackson and all the yes. great greats from the 80s yeah absolutely yeah reminiscing on that era i mean you know do you miss that era because i know i do i'm an old-fashioned kind of girl well,
0: I was a little <laughs> good, but definitely like yeah. I'm, I'm in love with electronic i love all sorts <laughs> of music I'm in love with electronic music. This side of me, big side of me loves electronic music mm. and the whole emergence of synthesizers, mm. the fashion. Mm. There's just something about eighties that I don't think will ever die. And it just be recycling <laughs> itself with this, the eighties fashion, the eighties music, yeah. the eighties vibe, the eighties, just yeah. everything about the eighties, you know, it's just, yeah. I think, you know, it's just, mm. it was, it was sweet mm-hmm. yet wild. That's the best way I can say it,
1: you know? Yeah. As in there was a lot of freedom, wasn't there? Just a lot of freedom and just felt I just felt that the times were different as well, you know. Just openness. I don't know. That's maybe it's me just being old fashioned, I don't know. But um yeah, most definitely Hoss, how did you get into music? How did you start? I'm interested in how you started.
0: Well, I was born in Iran, so The first quarter of my life, I lived in Iran, and it was actually in the early 80s. It -hmm. was the Iran-Iraq War. And for those that are familiar with history, you know, Iran went from this uh, kind of like Western Mm -hmm. country and overnight and turned into kind of medieval Mm -hmm. Islamic-run country. So there was a lot of restrictions, you know, in my early days. And music was forbidden in Iran at the time. Right, right. So my mm. uncle, who's actually a medical doctor, mm. I owe a lot to him. Um, my family, they were music lovers, but he was an exception. And he had a room with a whole drum set and percussion. It was kind of soundproof. So it was illegal to own, or even own instruments at the time. But, mm. you know, I get insight into music world somehow he had access to the latest you know music by madonna or modern talk uh-huh. or, you know acts like in magazines such as vogue and uh, uh-huh. so i kind of had a little glimpse into the western world with all yeah and uh-huh. and my mother she was a singer and uh but not professionally so i was exposed to music you know okay. in a non-professional uh, manner but uh it somehow grew in me i guess i just uh-huh. had it in me you uh-huh. know So that was my introduction. Then I came to Canada when I was 11. And I remember uh, I went to, I was junior high, grade, grade eight. And all the instruments were already assigned to different instruments. So I was the only guy with five girls with the flute, you know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, oh dear. Okay. how 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 did that go? <laughs> uh,
0: not so well. Like, after six months, I switched over to drums just to be the first drummer. You know. Yeah. Safe just from being a flute boy to <laughs> the drummer. Boy. Oh, dude, that is funny. That is very funny. Yeah, so that's how it got into me. And honestly, I Ooh. didn't know what I wanted to do. You know. I wanted Um, wanted to be a singer, then I realized the only place I'm good at singing is the shower. And and then I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to be a producer, and um, I never thought about getting to the business side of things. Yeah, but you know that came out of necessity. That came out Mm -hmm. of out of you know, you got to do this in order to succeed. So I had my hands on a bit of you know radio concerts, Mm -hmm. live musician, etc., etc. And, like you know, it took me many, many years in my late 30s to understand what I really want to do. And mm. that was producing music, concentrating on writing and running a record label.
1: Yeah. Interesting, because that was going to be one of my questions is where do you feel you're at as an artist? Because they all kind of come under that umbrella and it feels mm-hmm. like you've just answered that and you, you had to feel your way through. Interesting thing we have in in, uh, in common there is also the connection with Iran. I have an Iranian uncle. Really? Yes, I do. Yes. Oh, wow. Through through marriage. My auntie is married to an Iranian man. Oh. Been married for years and uh, lived in Tehran. So we i uh, great husbands. Yeah. Well, okay. Good to keep in mind. I'm free and single. So, uh, (laughs) keeping my eyes open at the moment. So yeah, good to know. Yeah. But it's, um, but I do understand. And in that time, you know, I, I, I understand the difficulties and what you're allowed to do, the restrictions. So it feels like you were, music was a bit risky actually for you back then
0: it was you know like Mm. I started with an instrument called tombak which is like a basically like a hand drum the Arabic Mm. one is called tabla or darbuka okay and I remember like my first visit back to Iran was 1993 and it the music instruments were still illegal. So I managed to find one in the black market and I mm. kind of wrapped it with my jacket in the suitcase. By the time mm. it got to Canada, there was a few bumps and bruises on the, on the instruments. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I actually had it till a few weeks ago till I got rid of it. I gave it to some kids as a gift, you know, but uh, I'm just saying, uh, it was yeah. hard. It's not easy, yeah. you know? So, yeah. and right mm. now as a label, I do sign a lot of artists from, uh, uh, countries that don't have the best resources, you know. Fantastic. Uh, you know, and I would yep. love to give them a chance. You know, yes. I, when we sign artists, it's not, hey, your demo sounds mm. great right now. Mm. It's what you um. envision and what we envision together as an artist and mm. a label. So mm. right now we just signed a gentleman from uh, one of the African countries. I don't know the name of the country. Mm-hmm. But With minimal resources, with minimal equipment, he's Mm -hmm. delivering something that touches the heart. So I personally took over his project and I'm guiding him Mm -hmm. to deliver the utmost, highest quality of recording Mm -hmm. possible with his Mm -hmm. equipment and you know, leading Mm -hmm. leading directing his way Mm -hmm. to get that quality of sound that he desires. So you know the label I come mm-hmm. from that background and I don't want people to miss opportunities because of lack mm-hmm. of resources.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that was going to be another question. You've answered it for me. Basically, where has this passion been fueled? How, where's it come from this passion to actually help? It's sort of, you're looking at underprivileged and you're looking at kind of financially underprivileged to to be able to afford the fees and that. And I was wondering where that actual feeling, where that came from and i think you've just more or less answered it you've Absolutely. experienced something you know, yourself
0: mm. you know music number one is got to mm. touch the heart it's got to touch the soul mm. Mm. and yes getting it to a commercial level where we where mm. you know mm. all of us can benefit individually or as a team financially yes it will help us to put better mm-hmm. music out there mm-hmm. music has always mm-hmm. been not a source of income not a financial reason no. mm. it's just been for my soul's pleasure for my inner self's pleasure you know i believe i'm not looking for awards i'm not looking Mm -hmm. for multi-million dollar stream sorry multi-million streams or multi-million dollar deals for me you know i have my music playing on the radio next to some a-list artists and for me my dreams have come true and you know it's that's what i want to get out there with funk to see it's not about getting you know multi-million hits yeah yeah Self pleasure. It's about achieving Mm. their their goals. Mm. Mm. So that's the way I look at it.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. And support. And it sounds like you're supporting because I read somewhere about the support that you're giving to artists who want to make. And it feels like you're there to try and support their dreams
0: and their goals too. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, like we're not a major label that can Mm. offer like million dollar advances or anything like that. Mm. But what we can offer is our expertise, our professional view, our professional ears, you know and shape Mm -hmm. their music and mold music Mm -hmm. to sound better, to to its Mm -hmm. highest level of quality. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's about clear, transparent communication with our artists. Mm -hmm. So we don't promise gold and silver, but we promise delivering Mm -hmm. their songs with Mm -hmm. the highest quality to as many outlets as possible and try to make that long lasting. Cause you know, they say you can't have a hit with one song. You hmm. got to write 400 songs to have a hit song, right?
1: <laughs> In so there, yeah. The album,
0: 399 of them and then the 400th one is going to be the yeah. hit song. Yeah.
1: Yes. Hopefully. Yes, yes. So you're you you've got a roster of acts. You you mentioned 40, is that right? Did you say 40? No, no, we I
0: think about 40, 40, 44. We'd it's going about, up. Mm. Like, absolutely. Yeah. We sign mm. an act like we sign about 6 to 6 to 9 artists a year usually. Okay. It's just because I don't want to sign too many artists because I, myself and a couple other guys mm. uh, had been with me for the past few years. We work closely with the artists. Mm. So it's something more than we can handle. If we yeah. have, like, let's say nine artists, that's As great. Artist mm. is releasing about three to five tracks a year. Yeah. So that's a few albums right there, you know, yeah. per producer. So
1: yes, absolutely. Handle yeah. Yeah. How, how do you find them or do they find
0: you? You know, that's a good question, because I put a lot of when I so the record label. I started 2010. That's when I gave up everything. Mm -hmm. I sold my business and I said, I'm going to be a full time musician. Then I sent my music out to different record labels and I got nothing back. I'm like, what the heck do I do? You know, so I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's 2010. There's websites. Maybe I can make a website and just release my music under that name. So a couple of guys joined me, that label. And I remember my original logo. I mean, I love our logo right now, but before that, it was like a p- picture of a pomegranate with red headphones that I took okay. with my Blackberry at the time. It was horrible, but okay. it did the job, you know. <laughs> got
1: to go through the logos <laughs> to get to the right one. <laughs>
0: 2017, fast forward 2017, I decided mm. to make a career out of mm. the record label. I realized I wouldn't be the rock star that I Aim to be Mm. so um we incorporated the company you know i gave ourselves about 10 years to compete with major labels out there we're in our fifth year right now and um so the hardest part was how do i get new artists Exactly. how do i do that you know Mm. so that's where the idea of the magazine came in i'm like okay the magazine was initially a blog i'm like so i read something about seo hey we can be on the google etc we can get more exposure i didn't have a lot of money to spend on advertisements you know so Mm -hmm. that's when the whole magazine it initially was a blog so i found a few writers you know i put them on my payroll etc and uh the magazine took shape you know one article after another the presentation you know i would open up rolling stone see what Mm -hmm. we like presentation and try to you know match up the presentation of the website hmm. so it turned into a little magazine and we started driving a lot of traffic to the website right okay. so people started submitting their demos so okay. right now i don't have problems getting demos it's just getting quality demos okay we get tons of music we listen to every every track we receive we reply to each one of them even if we don't sign them
1: yeah yeah. So
0: that's yeah. how we receive demos. It's through the website. Yeah. I believe we have uh, we have we have built the foundation, you know. Mm. There's a steady amount of music coming in and we appreciate it and we listen to it and we respond to all of it.
1: That's fantastic. So it's through the magazine, isn't it? Interesting. And it ties in with the label. And there's something also about that, about the fashion. Tell me a little bit about how fashion ties into it because there's something I read about fashion. We mentioned in our secret conversation before we started recording about music and fashion it feels like they kind of go hand in hand
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. i mean you can't have a fashion show without music right absolutely right you yes. know, I'm just going to do the catwalk
1: <laughs> on your own. That must look weird. <laughs> Great.
0: You got to have some right set Fred. Remember right set Fred.
1: Well, you haven't seen me on a Saturday night, really. Oh <laughs> my right. Doing the catwalk on my own. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so cute. how does that tie in? You know, how does that tie in? So let fashion? me, I mean, mm.
0: fashion on its own. mm deals with the musical trend of the day, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, music, it can go from rock for a couple of years, you know, most of the top 10s in the top 40, top Billboard, top 40, could be That's all true. rock rock genre. The mm-hmm. next three years, it could be hip-hop. The next two years, it could be EBM sounding. Ah. And I think fashion always keeps an eye on that, on that right? All right. So hip-hop is the happening thing right now. We're going to mm-hmm. see a little bit more of clothing and fashion line that... Caters to that
1: genre, okay,
0: right? Yep. yep. And also, you know, nowadays in the past uh, decade, we've had artists <laughs> such as Jay Z with their rockwear. Mm-hmm. We've had Kanye with his clothing line. We've had Jay Lo with her with her clothing mm-hmm. line. So mm-hmm. sometimes the musicians become the designers or work with other designers.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's shaping what? I wonder. It's exactly. all about- so
0: there's no formula.
1: Yes. That's very interesting. Mm. Never really thought about that. And I've certainly not had a conversation with anybody about that, but it's great. You've got your eye on that because that's a whole other market, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. I yeah. mean, uh, mm. you could look at it, you know, as a way to just purely for income, or you could look at it yeah. you know, as a study case. How is it, how is mm. one affecting the other? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So- yeah. Mm. It's interesting, and that's why, like I said the, the reason why we have the magazine Our magazine is music and fashion And all things in between, that's our slogan Yes, you know? so yes. They all go uh, hand in hand mm. And uh, I don't think you can have one without the other
1: Mm. And do you kind of, I take it's probably a silly question, but pr- you must promote your artists, the ones that you have signed through the magazine as well. Do you provide interviews and promote them through the magazine as well?
0: We do, you know, yeah. select mm. artists, but for some mm. reason, you know, that's something you and I were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the mentality of artists and the right. hardships they go through. Yes. Not all the artists would like to be in the spotlight. Yes, yes. Some enjoy mm-hmm. it, some hate it. So yes. we mm-hmm. don't pressure anyone, but mm-hmm. we do welcome everyone to participate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do have select few that are comfortable with it, but mm-hmm. we don't like to enforce anything. And that's so wonderful. You gotta do everything at your own liberty, at your own, mm-hmm. you know, at a free with your own free will.
1: Hmm. So do you, do you experience not new personal experiencing, but do you witness with your artists anxieties around this and nerves or what, mental health issues or wellness or 100%. do you experience? Yeah.
0: 100%. I mean, okay. uh, let's go back to the eighties, right? Most there's, been, there's no such thing as singles. Hmm. If there ever was a single artist was be releasing a single. It would just be prior to their album. And that was part of the album. Mm-hmm. So an artist would go into the studio for six months, finish, a, finish an album, mm-hmm. do a few interviews, a photo shoot, mm-hmm. go on a world tour, right? Mm. Now, every day you have to promote yourself as an artist. Mm. Whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, and every day yep. you have to be... In the eyes of others, you have to be perfect. Uh, I know. And that toll, you got to have a monstrous persona. you got to have mm-hmm. a, a lot of self-confidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. You almost have to be, excuse my language, but cocky bastard.
1: Absolutely right. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: go yeah. out there mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's perfect. You could have yeah. a purple yeah. on your face. You could have mm-hmm. a... Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. You could have not got much sleep, and yeah, yeah. you know people do leave negative yeah. comments, etc. And all oh, this it's a toll, right? You and you've seen this,
1: yeah.
0: Musicians are not models. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. be, let's face it. Musicians mm-hmm. are musicians. They're creators. Yes. So to ask them to be models, to ask them to go mm-hmm. out there and mm-hmm. sweet talkers, or be funny, or be entertainers, mm-hmm. you know, that's. Mm-hmm. We call them entertainers, not musicians. Exactly. Models, not musicians. We're expecting our musicians to be entertainers and models. Hmm. That does take a lot of toll.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, who was I having a conversation with recently? And I said, you've actually got to not care, not give a monkeys, really not care to have that personality that just breaks through all that crap that you're talking about, you know, negative comments to really not care. You've got to have that attitude. And that almost doesn't, it sort of kind of portrays you as not being human, but of course you are human. And even when people do successfully have, you know, artists, successful artists have that kind of front, there is a human in there that is being touched somewhere by this is being affected by this That's and it can manifest in other ways, maybe privately or maybe even publicly, you know? So it's important that this is where I, I, I'm a real, real, you know, advocate for this to look after mental health whilst you're in the process of developing an artist. That is so important. <clears throat> you know, you're carrying not only are you developing the, their artistry, but you're developing their, them, you're getting them ready for being an artist their mental health, you're protecting mental health and and preparing them for the eventuality of this might happen, that might happen, that might happen, <clears throat> you know. And, in fact, it's very likely to happen. Expect it almost. Go overboard with it. And this is how you combat it. This is how you deal with it. This is kind of where I want to come in with coaching, coaching and counseling for artists, you know, because it's about preparation. You know, it's emotional, mental, psychological
0: preparation all of it. And Thank you for yeah. that. You know, honestly mm. from the yeah. music community, I thank you, you mm. know, on behalf of the yeah. community because no, seriously, like yeah. I told you prior mm. to um, mm. starting this interview, we had a little yeah. chat and I said, this is a subject that's not discussed much. It's yeah. the elephant in the room, you know, mm. and uh, mm. it's yeah. great to see professionals mm. and uh, caring individuals such as yourself, you know, yeah. give a hand yeah. to the community and, uh, yes. yeah. and uh, help them. Yes. All all that's needed to to portray, to help them portray their music, their talent, and get over this anxiety.
1: Yes, yes. Because you also never know what's going on in their personal lives either. You know, personal lives uh, can be quite problematic, you know. And if you come, if you're younger, you've got some, you know, issues with families or partners, and you never know what people are coming from. So when you're in performance, it's that's all kind of taking a back seat, but it's still, being, it's still there and sitting there. So it's kind of being sensitive to that as well,
0: those, those issues. Uh, Mel, even I believe most artists, not just musicians, artists, you know, in general, even mm-hmm. if they had the coziest, you know, upbringing, mm-hmm. because of their choice of career, mm-hmm. they, you know, <laughs> they've been bashed one too many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I come from a great family, but in my family, you know, the yeah. Only vision was academics. And it's okay. Still right. know, I mean, my Mom would still like me to do my PhD, you know, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do that. But yeah.
0: <laughs> no, so I'm just saying, like, <laughs> even there, was, there was no abuse or no rough yeah. up, Just yeah. some sort of the choice of career, yeah. you know, makes you, yeah. you the black sheep in the family.
1: Yes, I understand. Yeah. So
0: that puts another, yes. another heavy weight, you know, on the back of these individuals.
1: Okay. Right. So you experienced some of this then, some of, of this, like, course, academic... Yeah,
0: it's mm. the hardest thing for any mm. artist, you know, yeah. regardless of you're a mm. sculptor or a musician mm. or a model, it's mm. to give up everything and say, this is going to be my career. Mm. And I'm going to go through many nights of, you know, craft dinner because mm-hmm. I am a lot of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go through many nights where your friends tell you, hey, you're making a wrong decision. Maybe you need to get an office job. Maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to work behind a desk, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, and people are going to decide for you what's right because you're not succeeding. And the moment you succeed, everybody says, we knew you could do it.
1: Oh, I I know. Please don't plug me in on that one. I know. I know. (laughs) I've heard all of this. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 Or who, who crawls out of the woodwork, as someone put it to me once, you know, you'll be amazed at who's crawling out of the woodwork. So, yeah, exactly. But it is. It's a risk, but it's, it's fueled from passion. And the reason I highlight this also particularly with you is because there's passion behind your company. And I wanted to highlight that there's there's uh, good intention, there's support behind your company. And I think that's really important. It's a wonderful quality. You know, it's, it's deeper. It has more meaning than just simply making music, putting it out. Just as you said before, trying to make money, getting famous. Well. No, there's some support in there. There's some love, there's compassion it, and it, understanding. It
0: musically, we try to make it musically intimate. Mm. It's not an assembly line. Mm. You know? We're not just popping music one after mm. another. You know, it's not, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Every song we put out there, it might not be a number one radio hit, but Mm -hmm. it will be everlasting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try to achieve. Number one is the happiness of the creators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And number two, you know, we try to get it to become a successful track or album Mm -hmm. as much as we can. and the market and uh, you know the music market is oversaturated with mm-hmm. not so much of a good music yes uh, one thing that I have found out you know and mm-hmm. uh, I would actually like to, to let other musicians know mm-hmm. you know bef- back in the days few years ago if you released a track and it didn't do so well in the first three months everybody' say ah oh, that's it it wasn't a good <laughs> track but what I have found out you know looking at charts looking at stats etc, it takes time for mm-hmm. music to surface out yeah okay? so don't give up don't expect magic i myself have songs that i mm-hmm. released three years ago and i just found out 2 months ago they made it onto some radio stations for example mad it isn't it take time. there's mm-hmm. no expiry date on music anymore when you listen to spotify you don't check the release date
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah.
0: So is it is it a good song or not? That's all that matters.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm 100% with you. But it's important that you say that and thank you for saying that and highlighting that for the younger people who will be listening and and watching this, you know. It's important because it's about it's about self-confidence, it's about self-esteem, it's about self-belief. It's about believing what you're doing, you know. And like you say, I've also written stuff 15, 20 years ago. They stand today. And they still need to come out in a big way, and you have to hold on to that faith and that belief that actually, I still believe it's going to happen. You know, because otherwise you lose the passion. The passion drops, and then mental health can decline as well. Also, but you're absolutely right. It takes time, doesn't it, to surface? It takes time to get into the system.
0: You mentioned the right word, belief. You know? It is belief. So it's self-belief. You gotta, you gotta believe in your beliefs. And- yes. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, it's not about time. It's not about, you know, (laughs) like who said what? It will happen if you believe in your beliefs. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we're touching really here on a lot of faith. And it's really hard being in an industry that is constantly full of criticism and full of negativity and, you know, social media stuff to continue having faith in yourself and to have self-belief. This is the difficulty. It's like you've got to punch through brick walls to keep going keep focused keep going, keep going keep going keep going no matter how long it takes it can take years and right. it does take years but you keep going you,
0: you keep know, music going faith music is yeah. really music yeah. can, someone can go to a church or a synagogue or a mosque you know seven times a week mm. times a day and someone can play their piano seven times a week three times a day and you know i think both individuals are meditating mm, you know so mm. meditation is faith mm. Mm. so is so is music
1: mm.
0: you know mm. so yeah. once you have faith you know that's mm. it
1: mm. Mm. well that's that's what drives musicians isn't it really because that's the way of expression it's express it's expression of the soul the spirit residing inside and coming out in that and it's wonderful isn't it when you are making music I don't know what do you what's your favorite part of that actually? I was going to ask you about that. Do you enjoy because I know you write, you produce, you perform as well, you DJ. What's your favorite part of which one do you like the best? Or do they all do something different for
0: you? You know, for me back in the days it was like the whole aspect of production, but okay. now something I like about production is the magical element of producing. And that's uh what I can write in this moment, I can never write it again in the same mm. way. Yes. Even though it might be just three notes or three chords. yeah. Mm-hmm. The way I put them together and I arrange them in this moment will mm. never be the same in any other moment. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy, just capturing the moment when I write.
1: It's phenomenal, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's why they say when you record your demo, mm. you know, Sometimes that will be, well, didn't Annie Lennox do a song? And it was like literally the, I think she did it in the control room. She wasn't even in the, in the vocal booth. Just was it, uh, must be talking like an angel. That one, that one. And she did that song and she just literally sang it through. And I think it, it was one take and they kept it.
0: Was it because purple rain like that? Like they recorded the bar or something like that?
1: So I think so, maybe. Yeah, I know this about Annie Lennox, but it it just highlights what you're saying. You know, so yeah, you can never capture that. So there's something about the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: in which it's produced.
0: And another thing is, yeah. like, you know, going through phases for the past ten years, everything music and music production had to be perfectly quantized and synchronized. <laughs> Yes, And, you know, us as human <laughs> yeah. beings, from the way we walk to the way we talk, to the yeah. way we cook, there's yeah. always elements of imperfection, right? Mm. Yeah. So it's, we shouldn't have everything perfectly perfect. No. So I no. think now we're kind of going back towards having some flaws in production and music mm. and to be quantized, yeah. you know? So mm. I think... That's another thing that's going to come back in the next few years. Mm. Uh, apart from seeing, you know, radio stations and other, you know, aspects going through changes.
1: Yeah, right. My guess
0: is like radio stations would end up on Spotify.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like I said, from the creation <laughs> part of things to the uh. delivery of the music, uh. I think we're going to see some more changes.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's constantly evolving, isn't it? And it's this back and forth situation. It's funny you talk about the quantize. I had this conversation with, um, my co-writer not too long ago. We do contemporary classical stuff. And, um, I said, you know, we talked about quantizing, getting things. She says she does the humanize. It's a humanizing button, I think. So it's, it does the opposite. It sort of slightly shifts things out. Yeah. Still with the use of a computer, which is yeah, quite I a little bit
0: too far to be honest with you. Mm. One job I, have yeah. with it, uh, I don't talk about much. I do, mm. I do kind of like front of the house engineering for a band. Okay. And even with, you know, live performances, the, the, the robotic side of things has really taken over. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I feel it's way too much. When I go yeah. to a concert, I want to hear some microphone just making some noise. Yeah. That's why I'm there. You know, yeah. I want to see live performance. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to yeah. see someone lip singing mm. or I yeah. want to see a percussionist who can actually yeah. play the congas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll go through phases, but I think, you know, as human beings, we're used to everything analog, everything with a little bit of flaw, different colors. Yes different yep. heights, yep. different levels of sound. So everything yep. and all of yep. that in music mm-hmm. is beautiful too.
1: Yes, it is. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you just mentioned analog. I was going to ask you about your feelings on changing from this um, analog era, era to the digital era. You would have seen that and experienced that. How how was that transition for
0: you? It was easy because yeah. uh, I, I love technology. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love technology, but within limits, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a lazy producer. I don't like work <laughs> to work with, no, seriously, it's true. I don't like to work with like so many hardwares and then yeah. you know, write down on paper where the knob should be, etc. So I love yeah. the whole saving of presets and recalling them with the a pressing button that yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. But when it comes to capturing vocals and uh, I would love, you know, I love do, I use minimal auto tool on my production. Good but something I don't really enjoy. I yeah. love having a guitar with the fingers moving yeah. up and down the fret, yeah. you know, recording. Yeah. I love the Absolutely. It's funny. I actually my latest track is called Room for Love. Yes, I saw. And yes, yeah. I did that with uh Lady Redable. She's yes. uh, originally from Jamaica, but she really resides in Amsterdam, right? And also Wemi out of Nigeria. Now this gentleman right was uh, another case where you know he comes from an area where he's not exposed to so much facilities etc yeah yeah it's such an amazing voice silky voice mm-hmm. uh, like a uh, seal and uh, redible mm-hmm. she has she's like the raga queen man what you expect wow. from a reggae raga artist she's <clears> at the highest <throat> level so they had an idea of co-working together and they asked me, hey, what can we do? So I wrote a simple beat. It was just like a piano and just drums. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to both of them and I said, you guys work it out and I will produce the final track. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to tell you about imperfection at the beginning of the track, Gwemi starts the track. And I think I don't know if it's a microphone, but I think it was his jacket or but he was singing and there was this like coming from his jacket, right? Oh my God. That doesn't sound right. But when I plugged it in into the project, you know, it just gave it character. Yeah. 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 Just gave it character. I'm like, that sounds so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. It's
1: great. And you know, and that's, um, that's probably why, I mean, when you look at the sound of the sixties and the seventies, you go further back, there was less technology and there was more room for basically these flaws, but they're not flaws. You know, this kind of crackles, or you know, or you you listen to vinyls being played, and you hear the crackles. It's the wear and tear, and and just the way it's recorded, in this live element, and the even the popping, you know, with the microphone, sure. things things like this, and keeping it real, and this the you know the guitar, the finger movement going up and down the fret as well, you know, sure. and I've seen producers actually add add it in <laughs> as the sounds to make it authentic,
0: oh. you know. There are producers that deliberately leave a vinyl sound, you know, like that Mm. kind of vinyl, they leave that throughout the song, you know, on a track. And as a listener, you might never consciously hear it, but subconsciously you definitely hear it.
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. I think you kind of feel it, don't you? You sense it. Maybe you sense it. Maybe it's a sense. It's tapping into sense because it's adding the human quality, isn't it? There's a real person making this rather than just being, synthesize or you know through digital stuff so that's what we're talking about is the human element
0: the it's human the quality chef birdies you know spaghetti and uh <laughs> real Italian grandma's spaghetti you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so basically <clears throat> sounds like you're involved with artists in several capacities here
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you produce four artists as in you do their production, you have, but they front it and they do it. But you also get involved, don't you? You kind of feature together with your artists because I've seen some other stuff in your in the Spotify, your Spotify where you're featuring or they're featuring with you. So there's collaborations going on, isn't there? Quite a lot yeah, of collaborations. Like for example,
0: like both so, Wemmy and uh, Redable, yeah. they submitted their demos to Functacy. Yeah, know? right. Mm-hmm. And there's people that listen at the initial stages and if it's good, they filter out the good music. Yeah. And then I listen, you know? Right. And I try to envision the future when I listen to a demo hey what can I do can they be yes. an artist can I remix this can I mm-hmm. remix this can I work with them can uh-huh. I collaborate with them so that's exactly what happened with Redible like when right. I first heard her demo yeah music I was not a big fan of you know And I right yeah. her voice was not even at her maximum capacity but I could just hear three right. years from now yeah. You know? And that yep. was 2020, you know. Like mm. I could hear two years from now. So that's mm. what I envision, and that's what I offer them. I'm like, listen, I see something here. I would like to collaborate with you. Mm. And that's the beauty of running my own label. You know, mm. I we work together, and we work mm. with the music that we have, and we collaborate mm. together, and remix mm. tracks, remake tracks, and feature, mm. etc. You know, so. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Oh, I'd love to collaborate with you then. That's Absolutely. great. We talked about
1: it. Absolutely. We should, we had a private chat about that you know?
0: before. <laughs> and, you know, but it could be a future case study because the funny thing yeah. is, I've never met Wemmy or read or nor you in person Yeah, and we could have, we could make a hit song <laughs> together. You that's know?
1: amazing, isn't it? That's oh, that, that's, so. that's when you love technology, you know, that's exactly. when it works.
0: And so yeah. you can criticize yeah. it all you want, but there's yeah. so many elements that, you know, yeah, that emerge out of this
1: absolutely right, absolutely right. Let's talk about one of your albums. I know you've had se- several albums out. You, um, you had, I a- you
0: I've had only one album out. That was you've
1: totally had one great. album out, I've that had was- one album
0: out. I've had a lot of singles out,
1: yes. Was- Off the Richter, is that right? Off the Richter, yeah. Tell- can you tell me about that? How that was formed and where, what, what inspired? I love the title Off the Richter. Was there anything in particular that um drove you to? that title?
0: I was was young and foolish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I knew there was a juicy story in there somewhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, uh, so I grew up in Ottawa, Canada. I moved to Montreal, Canada, where I am today. And, uh, I was writing that track again. It was part of the learning process, uh, the learning curve of the music industry. So at the time, you know, albums still played a big role Mm. and, Digital platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music gave a little bit more love and exposure to albums. Okay. Uh, I think by then I had written like 13, 14 uh, songs in total, maybe seven, eight EPs. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? As part of artistmanship, I got to finish an album. Mm. So again, back then, it it wasn't until 2019, let's face it, I started 2010. It wasn't until 2019 that I developed my song, sound. Right. Signature, (laughs) style. Yep. Yep. So again, that album is a bit of fusion. Most of my music up until 2019 was fusion mixture mm-hmm. of you know, experimental dance music, electronic mm. music, house, etc. So that album, uh, I'm proud that I finished it. Great. Is it my real sound? No, it's not. Interesting. But did I finish an album? Yes, mm. I did. Because, you know, I started with a group of 10 other musicians my age in my twenties. Mm. I'm the only one that's still making music because all the other nine was we're waiting to produce that perfect track. You never no, have that perfect track. So mm-hmm. one thing, if I could tell the youngsters out there, the young fellows that are making music, don't wait to have the perfect track. You'll learn from every track you release. And mm-hmm. that album taught me so many things. Fantastic.
1: That's brilliant advice. Thank you. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you're spot on, of course, of course you're spot on someone talking from experience here, you know, and you have to get through those. It's like making mistakes to get to the right situation. You have to go through it, don't you? There's just no other way around it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I
0: was blessed by being exposed to so many elements of music. You know, I was a radio yeah. host. Like I said, I did touring, I did DJing, I did writing. I even sang on my first, you know, eight tracks, but it, it, in a way, it was sad because you know what—I didn't concentrate on one thing, so right. it's a lot longer for me to blossom and, you know, just realize what I'm good at and concentrate on that.
1: Honing to hone in. You know, a
0: exactly. in. You know mm. I'm a producer. That's what I am. Yeah, I'm a guy that goes in the studio, can pick yeah. the right sounds, put them together, deliver yeah. that high, you know, broadcast quality. Yeah, fantastic. Today, I know mm. I'm that guy. You know, eight years ago, I thought I could be a bass player. I thought I could be a drummer. You know, I still play multiple instruments, but for me, that just comes in handy during production. I'm not, I don't consider myself a, you know, a session player, for example.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about a performing artist? Do you consider yourself a performing artist? Or you're more behind I the scenes very
0: good djing you know but just yeah? because okay. not because you know i learned it overnight it took me like i think i've been djing since i'm 18 so mm-hmm. that's about five years right no i'm just joking. well yes a <laughs> 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 couple of decades that i've been djing and i yeah. came up with so many like uh okay. so, like i was hit with so many situations you know mm-hmm. club festivals Pubs, you know, performing for five people that were drunk and performing for, you know, 800, sorry, one hundred people at a club. I've had situations where the light, the power went out. So, you know, it made me good at what I do.
1: Uh, of course it does. You have to, you know, I can't emphasise enough. I'm so glad you brought up that sort of live experience thing. It's, right. so, it's vital to your artistry to actually be able to cope under these circumstances. I too have experienced this, you know, the power cut in the middle of a song. What do you yeah. do? You know, <laughs> it is, uh, you know, Absolutely. things going wrong and um, f- singing in front of like five people, or performing in front of five people versus like five or 10,000, as I've, I've also done. Which one do you, which one is more
0: stressful? for you? I enjoy intimate atmospheres. I enjoy playing for 30 people that love the music that I'm playing. Okay. Right. For 30,000 people who are expecting something else.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. See, so, it's interesting. I think it's terrifying, absolutely terrifying to sing in front of three people. Um, and so much easier to sing in front of thousands, thousands. I don't know what that is. So it's something to do with the intimacy. That's very interesting. I guess everyone's different every artist absolutely. is different
0: everyone's
1: different you know yeah, yeah. very yeah. interesting
0: for sure for sure yeah for sure. But brilliant all, you know what they all they all they all <laughs> add to that artistmanship that they, they all, yeah. all add to your resume so you know your portfolio
1: hey Hoss I'm just looking at your the picture on this um album off the Richter I absolutely love that photo by the way Thank looking you. well funky in there you've got a nice that nice hat on there and you're holding it's a bass guitar is it?
0: No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a electric guitar. I can see.
1: Is it electric guitar? Okay. But it's very different to how you're presenting now. So it just goes to show this transition that you've been through.
0: No, for sure. It's a, yeah. like you it's said, good. it's a transition. We all learn yeah. and we all adapt yeah. and we all mold ourselves, you know. Yeah. Uh, some people, like, hey, I even yeah. had to change my name, you know. Right. Okay. So, yep. you know, I, I yep. initially was using my first name, which is Amir. And I was going with Amir Haas. And you okay. in a sad world, it closed many doors on me, you know. Aww. So it's true. It's reality. Let's let's be honest. Yes. We can't, yeah. you know, brush it off on, under the rug, you
1: know. Yeah. You
0: yeah. have to face reality. And, you mm. know, I'm like, okay, I'll drop my, my name. It, it will interesting detach me from certain culture or certain religion or whatever mm. it is, mm. you know. And... Mm. On a good note, it opened up many, many more doors for me.
1: It's looking at sort of commercial aspect, isn't it? What's sellable as well? You know, people, lots of people do have the name change. I things. lost many yeah.
0: opportunities because of yeah. my name. Yeah. My, name wow. my name was Joe Black, you know, yeah. I probably would have been in a much, 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 much higher level. Yeah. It's incredible, really. I lost gigs. I lost shows. Wow. I lost recording yeah. sessions. I lost contracts. I did. Uh, you know? And I was like, you know what, maybe I can pave the way I'll keep my, my initial name, Mm. etc. It backfired. Mm. I I tried, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. It's very interesting because I'm all for being authentic and I'm all for being yourself and promoting that beautiful uniqueness Mm -hmm. that each artist has, you know? Um, So I'm a little bit torn about that. I do understand also it's got to be marketable as well. Memorable, it's going got to be memorable, especially if you're amongst other artists, because there is an element of competition there. Um, although I think when you're trying to develop as an artist, it's best not to think of it that way. You just do your thing. Mm-hmm. You do your thing, concentrate on your love and your passion and um, everything else. So very, very interesting, chat. Very interesting. What I'm going to ask you another thing. Okay. So in terms of the future, you're quite a visionary, actually. I mean, things that you've talked about, you're a visionary. You have, you see... A few years down the line. So what is it that you want to achieve from all of this? What's your goal for that? If you have one, indeed, if you have one My goal, what do you want to achieve? Hmm?
0: I think my last step to climb on is to be nominated for some sort of nominee, you know, Ooh. whether it's Junos or Grammys. I think that's, that was not <laughs> the chapter, but yeah, I'll die peacefully. <laughs>
1: I get you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear uh, you. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm
0: very happy. Honestly, yeah. like if everything shuts down for me, I tried. Yeah. I yeah. gave it 20 some odd years of my yeah. life. I yeah. went through the hardship. I was stubborn. Yeah. I was a believer. Yeah. And no one, you know, from parents to um, friends to, uh, I mean, luckily I had no enemies. So, But uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> like even... Even you know mm-hmm. people that don't matter much. You know nobody stopped me from what doing what I. I Thanks. stuck to it. You know I mm-hmm. kind of planned it mm-hmm. uh, subconsciously. I planned it, mm-hmm. and for a guy that comes, you know, with no contacts in the industry, no yeah. family members, no guidance, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing something at a higher level, and it's not about money. It's about achievements. At the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. I. You know, if I leave the world. I have mm-hmm. 70, 80 songs that I've done. I yeah. have people that I work with. And for me, yeah. that's more than being blessed.
1: Absolutely. It mm-hmm. certainly sounds like you're, you know, you're making your mark over there with your label and the magazine. Thank so, you. so well done for that. That's fantastic. You. Um, you know, and you talk about support. That's another thing that I'm interested in is, is that lack of support as well. But you you do have a little team. You acquired a team, didn't you? Did you you acquired a team of people who now work with you on Absolutely. this?
0: Absolutely. Just today, yeah. you know, like for example, today I uh, I had a session with three interns that are part of the that are new members of see and they're all wonderful. You know, plus we have long term uh, partners and friends that have been with us, you know, for the past. Mm-hmm. I have Aristotle. You know, mm. he actually, it's funny, the way we met was off of Kijiji. Kijiji is similar to Craigslist Facebook market. You know, I put right. looking for uh, other artists and he joined the family since 2010. I have Aww. no one, he's a great French hip-hop artist, has been with me since 2013. Just, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks. MC Mario mm. has been with me for about mm. five, six, actually longer mm. than years. Uh mm. so. You know, we build mm-hmm. this on more than just musicians' foundation, you know, more than just friends. It's music lovers. It's people that share the same passion, the same vision. Mm-hmm. And, and we are comfortable discussing our ups and downs. Yes. It's not about showing off your achievements. Yeah. Failures count too, you know. Yes. So we do discuss yeah. failures and we learn mm-hmm. from
1: them all. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Sounds very humble actually very humble you have to be i mean some yes.
0: some scenarios where you're mm-hmm. protecting your music and your entity mm-hmm. you have to be selfish and you mm-hmm. have to spread your feathers mm-hmm. but when it comes to reality working with your teammates oh yes welcoming new mm-hmm. uh, individuals or entities or partners i yeah. think you need to be transparent yes. you know and yes. especially if somebody does a bit of a homework in you the truth will come out you know yes yes uh, I can't lie about our numbers or things. Everything's out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I can talk about the fact Mm -hmm. that we've been around for 10 years, 12 years. The fact that, you know, we have this many number of Canadian artists or this many number of international artists just speaks for itself. So I think being humble and being transparent Mm -hmm. definitely goes a lot of way.
1: It absolutely does. And you do create a little family, don't you? And it's nice that, I think you actually said that a family. It's a close knit a network, really? you know, and it's important because that's what that's what um helps it succeed, pushes it forward, and you keep together, don't you? And it's um it's a very it's a very important quality in within absolutely. organizations. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and companies. Yeah. Yes.
0: yeah. So we hope yeah. to keep it that way for a long yeah. time.
1: You know? Well, Hoss,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you uh, thank you for having me thank it's you so much nice speak with you and you ask perfect <laughs> questions and Good. it means it easy for me to answer you know as best as i can
1: yeah no wonderful i really appreciate My your problem. time i really appreciate your time thank you so much and hopefully i'll see you again get in the future thank you so much the news